1: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of IC terms and conditions apply.
2: Pittsburgh. Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you again. It's Thursday morning. It's Stat Geek time. I know you just want to hear more of Let's Ride, but unfortunately, this is what we got today. I think I say this every week now, but uh that's because I really enjoyed the Let's Ride podcast too. Um just to bring this up about the Let's Ride podcast, if you haven't Heard or haven't seen? Make sure if you're an iOS user that you're installing that locker room app and looking for those Tuesday evenings. I think it was around seven o'clock Eastern this past week, where where Jeff Hartman is having people actually come on and ask their questions in when and when he's rec- where he records it live to then have as part of his mailbag um, shows on Wednesday. So if if you are curious about that at all, you're like, Oh, what's he talking about? Make sure you check out. Let's ride on our behind the steel curtain family of podcasts. Also make sure you're checking out behind the steel Your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers. We've had all kinds of great stuff going on there. Um, I've had a very, uh, some various things on there. I was, looking at some highlights or, you know, the high point of the Steelers season in 2020, the low point of the Steelers in 2020. I'm continuing on looking at the um, at past uh, draft classes and what happened to the players. I started in 2004. I'm up to 2010 this week. Uh, but uh, even if you are looking for what past one of those, uh, they're all linked in every week's article. Um, and then, of course, we have any kind of breaking news available. If there's You know, if the Steelers start shaping their roster for the 2021 season, we're all waiting for this flurry of moves to start. And uh, I I think Jeff Hartman even had an article on Wednesday about how some head coaches are saying it's going to be crazy, that there's just going to be a crazy amount of moves, players all getting released. And it's kind of the NFL's fault with this because teams don't know the salary cap. And part of that is because they don't know if they're playing 17 games. Um, too many things are up in the air that they, they don't feel like they should make their moves until all these things are known. Because if something happens where the salary cap, they say, nope, you know what? We worked out a deal. We're keeping it exactly the same as last year. That means the Steelers are sitting right about at the right spot right now you know that they don't have to sh- they they only have to shed salary cap to make their moves not to actually get under the cap rather than get way under the cap to make their moves but uh you all know I've talked plenty about the salary cap cuz today I've got two more questions uh the the one we're going to focus on first has to do with the 2021 NFL draft but actually it has to do with past drafts and that is what or if we were in our little ebenezer scrooge outfit and we were visited by the ghosts of steelers um drafts past or however you would say that and they were and we were to look at all these other drafts could that give us an indication of what's going to happen we're going to look at that question today we're also going to look at something with ben roethlisberger you know what kind you know what could we expect out of him in 2021 and beyond but that'll be coming up in the second half when we get to the draft, there's, I, I want to kind of do a disclaimer before I dive into this question. And that is, I find myself with a lot of the draft talk right now getting, getting kind of frustrated. There's various things that I hear that frustrates me. There's just other talk. I, I can't, for those of you that have listened to me or, or, or read my writing at you, have, you you probably already know this, but I am not the type of person who wants to fall in love with someone in the draft. Because that's when you have this massive love affair with this player. Oh, they would be perfect in black and gold. And then you have to watch them in purple or orange or something like that. I don't fall in love with the Steelers draft choices until their name is called. That's just what I try to do. Now, there are some people that I find intriguing just because I can't help myself. I do the mock draft Monday articles every week at Behind the Steel Curtain. So I kind of have an idea what's out there. But but there are some people that just take it way too far and they fall so in love with a certain player or a certain position. And um, something that I've heard from tons of different places, tons of different places um, across different comments, social media, you know, on in the comments behind the steel curtain, various different, different places. And it's kind of a narrative that's kind of driving me not so much so that I'm like, I'm going to start actually addressing this. And that is people are like, well, why in the world would the Steelers be interested in drafting the fifth best tackle when you could get the top running back or the top, you know, something like that. And don't get caught up in where a player ranks positionally, meaning where he, where they rank at their position. That's going to be trouble. Don't say, oh, well, but this is the best running back or this is the best uh, center. We need the best center. You know, don't get caught up in that because that's what makes you reach for a player. Um, the Steelers aren't going to get caught up in that. They don't they don't care about posi- positional grades, you know, even on their own. Uh, they just they come up with raw scores is the way that they do stuff um, from what it's been reported. um because if you look at a positional grade I'm like maybe the fifth best tackle is the person that's sitting 15th on your board and maybe the top I don't know running back is the guy sitting 25th on your board well if they're both a position in need you you need to take the tackle you know doesn't matter if they're the fifth best tackle it doesn't matter if you, well you're not getting the best tackle in the draft that doesn't matter so you know or ooh wouldn't you rather have the best running back Not necessarily the analogy that I put with that is if that's true, then you should be able to change those positions. And it always makes sense. And it doesn't because you wouldn't say, Oh, I don't want the fifth best quarterback because I could have the best punter. See how ridiculous that is. So that's why that doesn't work. And that's why you don't look at players based on how they're ranked in their position. So that's one thing Two. The Steelers philosophy has always been, from what I understand, that they are taking the best player available at a position of need. That is what they've said. Now, I think when the Steelers have gotten in trouble early in drafts and may have reached for someone is that they cut down their positions of need to such a small group. You, if, I hope that makes sense, is that if you narrow that group that, oh, well, we only got two positions of need, and then all of a sudden you've got no one that should be drafted where you're drafting at either of those positions, you could you could be in trouble. So that's the infamous try to trade back scenario. But as Jeff Hartman always says, you got to have someone to trade with, which is very true. So my thing is, I like to talk about the draft and everything now because it's kind of you know, you know, you're going to have new Pittsburgh Steelers players coming up from that draft. And it's kind of neat to think that, you know, they're going to be starting a career there. It's just really nice to think about. But I I really like to wait until free agency gets going pretty good because it's all about those, that position of need. And that is, completely dependent on what the Steelers do in free agency. It depends on if they have to release anybody. It depends if they're going to extend anybody. It depends if they're going to re-sign anybody or if they're going to sign anyone from the outside. That changes everything. And my prime example, and I've used this so many times, you're probably tired of hearing about it. Last year, tight end was one of the highest positions of need for the Steelers. Well, guess what they did? They addressed it in free agency, and therefore they never even drafted a tight end. So right now it's positions of need. But the the Steelers get a crack at it in free agency. Now I know free agency is tough this year because of the salary cap situation. But all the teams are in this salary cap situation, so we'll see how it goes. But let me get to this first question, um, because this was fun. This was from Paul. Well, this is on Twitter. This is from Paul. His his uh, well, I guess Twitter handle. I guess what I should say is Paul underscore two three zero six. He says, "Hey Dave, my question would be." what are the top three positions the Steelers went for in first rounds of the draft? Okay. I took his question and I expanded on it big time because that's what I do because I'm a stat geek like that. So I looked at what positions were the ones that the Steelers, you know, took in the first round of the draft most recently. And I, I didn't even do the Kevin Colbert era. I did the Mike Tomlin era because it, when you're talking about a head coach and a GM working together to draft you you change that head coach. Let's try to keep the variables the same as much as possible. So I only went back to 2007. And it was really interesting when you look at the Steelers first round draft pick since 2007. Now they didn't have one last year. So we don't have, we can throw that one out for this first part of what we're looking at, but this is what the Steelers have taken the most of two different positions. They have taken, taken three players at each of these positions but you could even argue that they just took six at one position. Why? Because it's linebacker. The Steelers have taken three, what would be called inside linebackers and three outside linebackers or edge rushers, as you might as a lot of times they're labeled in the draft. But if you just lump linebacker altogether, then that's then that's six out of the what 13, which is absolutely crazy. That that's that the Steelers taking a linebacker of one type or the other, that's what they do. So if with the first, with the 24th pick in the NFL draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select linebacker from, don't be shocked. (laughs) Um, Not that that's a great, the, the biggest position of need, but it is something that they're probably going to want to add some depth to both of those positions, either through free agency, signing back some of their players or through the draft. So we'll see how that plays out. Next up is a tie. Between defensive line and offensive line, they've drafted two at each of those positions and under the Mike Tomlin era. And then just to round out what they were, one safety, one corner, one running back. And what's interesting, I find, is that none of those really jump out at you as the one player that they did at any of those. Um, I do feel that Terrell Edmonds is coming into his own. Still, the biggest knock on him was the fact that he was a first-round pick. I think if he was a second-round pick, Steelers Nation would love him even more. Um, but the biggest problem they'll never forget that the Steelers took him before they needed to, um, in a lot of the fans' minds. But what I also did was I, I went back and looked at some other things from the draft. Okay. Let's look at the first round under, under Mike Tomlin. What about just offense versus defense? The Steelers in the last 14 drafts to a total of 13 draft picks have taken 10, on defense to three on offense. The last time the Pittsburgh Steelers took an offensive player in the first round of the NFL draft was in 2012 when they selected David DiCastro, ironically at the 24th spot. So they have drafted seven straight defensive players in the first round, seven straight defensive players in the first round. And for those of you that like to chalk up last year's first round pick is being Minka Fitzpatrick. Because that's what they used to trade for them, the streak would continue. So the Steelers have a have have been drafting a lot of defensive players. But I also looked into it and said, okay, well then, how do they respond in the second round? Second round's a little bit more more even. The Steelers they've had twelve second round picks because um they didn't have one. There was there was what I think in two thousand nine um. I should know this because I did this draft class. They traded their second round pick and picked up an extra third round pick, so They ended up with three third round picks and then they didn't have a second round draft pick um, year before last or where they lost it, where they, they traded it away to trade up to get Devin Bush. Therefore they didn't have a second round pick um, and didn't pick again until the third. So out of those 12, seven were on offense and five were on defense. And then in the third round, There's a lot more third round picks because of them trading back, because of compensatory picks, things like that. They've made 19 third round third round picks um, since 2007, and they've had at least one in every every year. They've never traded out or and not had theirs. Eight have been on defense, and 11 have been on offense. So while the Steelers draft heavier on offense or on defense in the first round, then they they counterbalance that by going heavier on offense in the next two. Now, of course, we do have the 2016 draft, yeah, 16 draft, where the Steelers used their first three, you know, I'm looking at day one, day two, although they didn't always do it that way. They used their first three, or first draft picks of their two, three rounds, all on defensive players. So, but that's not extremely common. Could 2021 be the time where the Steelers, break the mold in the other direction where they draft all offense. It very well could be because I actually went back and looked. No, I didn't do playoffs. I just did the regular season and players that were deemed the starters for that regular season. Um, you know, and they do that. This is on uh, Pro Football Reference. And they do this by who started the most games. Like in some years, they might have one tight end and three wide receivers. In other years, they might have two tight ends and two wide receivers. And, and things of that nature. And I went through when I looked at where players were acquired by the Steelers from their starters. Now, of course, you have draft picks. You have um, undrafted players. And you have free agents. Now, I even... I called some players free agents because even though they were undrafted, they didn't start off with the Steelers undrafted. They came in somewhere else, and then they came with the Steelers. Players like Robert Spillane, players like Matt Filer, like Alejandro Villanueva. Technically, they were all free agents because they didn't come in undrafted with the Steelers. They came in somewhere else, and then of course you have the trade, which is you know Micah Fitzpatrick. And I went through and looked at some of these, and you know um, up until this. Past year, like the defensive line has been a first, second, and a third round pick. That's what they had when it was Hayward, it and Hargrave. It was a one, a two, and a three. Um, now, this past year, it was a one, a two, and a free agent. Okay, Outside linebackers, both number one picks for the last three years. Inside linebackers, you're looking at a free agent and a sixth round pick because technically neither year did Devin Bush start enough games to be deemed the starter for a season. Although we know that as long as he's healthy, he's the starter there. So there's another first round pick there. Um, corners, the last three years have all been free agents, and then safeties has been either a one and a two or a one and a trade. So that's the kind of draft capital that the Steelers have invested on in their defense. If you look at their offense. You know, like quarterback, it's a one, a three, and a one because Mason Rudolph was deemed the starter for 2019. Um, tight ends. Free agents or one of two tight ends in 2018 was a fifth-round pick in Jesse James. Um, but that's where they've picked up their tight ends is is more through free agency than the draft. You know, they've been starting, th- you know, second, third-round running backs. Um, and then their wide receivers, no number one Picks for wide receivers, but high draft picks, seconds and thirds, things of that nature. You know, up until 2018, you had a sixth thrown in there as as one of them. And I went and looked at that and then I'm like, but do the Steelers want to keep doing what they've been doing the last three years where they haven't won a playoff game? Um, Or do they want to look at what they've done when they've had success? So I looked back at like 2010, 2008 to see what the makeup of these position groups were. And after looking at that, It really seems to me that I would not be shocked to see that where the Steelers, where they're lacking now and what they've invested in the past, to see them go with offensive line in 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 the top of the draft, you know, whether it's one or two. Okay. Maybe even both. Or two of their top four, things like that because of where they stand now. Now, I mean, they've had some undrafted players like a Ramon Foster and some free agents that they've picked up that were undrafted guys. Um, and then of course, you know, you've got fourth round pick Kevin Dotson. I will be, I, I do want to say this as a disclaimer about Kevin Dotson on a side note, don't fall into the trap of saying, Oh, the Steelers found Kevin Dodson in the fourth round. They could wait and pick up a lineman anytime they want. Okay, just because you struck gold once doesn't mean you're going to go somewhere new and strike gold again, if you know what I mean. You know, fantastic with Kevin Dodson. You can't go into drafts thinking that you're going to pull that off year after year after year. You know, have the Steelers found another Antonio Brown in the sixth round at wide receiver since 2010? Really? I mean, they haven't. They found good wide receivers, but they've been higher. You can't just say, oh, well, they 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 knocked it out of the park with the sixth-round pick at, at wide receiver before. Why don't they just do that again? Because it doesn't always work that way. So I see, you know, based on these trends, don't be shocked if the Steelers go defense. But at the same time, when they do go offense, the only two positions they have drafted in the first round under Mike Tomlin on offense is offensive line and running back. That's it. Okay. Their offensive line picks turned out great. They both ended up being eventual all pros. Their running back. Not so much. So to me, if the Steelers will do their due diligence, I that's why these are some of the, the, the positions that I see for some people, they might even got confused the way I was saying it on the Scobro show Tuesday night. Don't look for the Steelers to take something like a wide receiver in the first round. That's just, that's not what they've done in the past. So I don't know why they would do that in the future when it's not a huge position of need. I think they need to add another wide receiver, but it's not, you're adding a depth piece rather than someone that you need to come in and really help grow your future right now. So that's kind of what you're getting from past drafts. Don't be shocked. Don't be upset if you hear that the Steelers go defense, if the Steelers go something like a linebacker, because if they have a game changing player like that there, the Steelers don't pass them up. That's just, that's just not what they do. So I hope that answered your question, Paul. It kind of took a little bit deeper. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to, I'm going to answer another question that returned that pertains to Ben Roethlisberger what he's could possibly do in 2021 and could we be looking at a Ben Roethlisberger under center for the Steelers well sorry in the shotgun or commanding the huddle for the Steelers in 2022 what would that do let's see what that is when we come back we'll be right back
0: 18 plus
2: welcome back, Steeler fans. We're here for the second part of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield coming at you still answering questions. I didn't say it in the first half. I gotta say it again. I'm always looking for questions. Hit me up on email, hit me up on Twitter. It's STLR Superfandad. That's my Twitter handle. And for my email address, it's the same thing, STLR Superfandad at gmail.com. Either way, I'm always looking for good stat stuff. Um, I'll be honest with you, I've gotten some questions that I just flat up can't compile the answers. Like, uh, oh, I got a really good one that wanted to know about, um, about the success rate when. Uh, Certain wide receivers were on the field, and I'm like, unless I have the tape breakdown of every pass play of the season, that's just not something that I can find easily to compile. Um, if someone knows where I can find that, I'd gladly take that information. But what we're going to talk about now is, is something with Ben Roethlisberger, and this comes from um from Cats. That's what it, what the what the the name is on Twitter. I'll give you the Twitter handle. You can uh um phonetically say it however you want to but it's it's n-o-s-x-k-a-t-s so we'll leave it at that um and it says how good of an individual season would ben have to have for the decision for him to stay another year to be a wise decision or a good decision all right cat that's an interesting question because um what would it have taken last year for everyone to be on board and I would say, you know what? When, t- when, let's not even go 11, when, when Ben Roethlisberger was sitting there, you know, 10 at 0, just defeated the, the, um, the Steelers had just defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars, held them to three points on the, on the game. Um, coming back home, getting ready for a big Thanksgiving night matchup. We all know how that kind of sent this season in the wrong direction. Um, when you were sitting there, and and Ben Roethlisberger was was sitting there with you know lots of yards, lots of touchdowns, everything else, all his stats. Then was anybody questioning whether or not Ben Roethlisberger was was the right choice to be here in twenty twenty one? No. Do you know why? Because wins make everything happen. Wins make everything happen. But let's look at the stats and then we'll come back and look at it. And here's, here's what I want to say. Here was the 2020 stats. These are the stats that, that some Steeler fans are, are furious about that they do not want Ben Roethlisberger coming back. And I know, it's more than stats. There's there's the eye test. There's the film breakdown. That's why Jeffrey Benedict and I do our Steelers Vertex articles at Behind the Steel Curtain, because I look at the stats, he looks at the film, and we bring it together. This past week, I found something intriguing with the stats, and I'm like, Jeffrey, make sure you look at this for your film. Boom, he took off with it. It was about Vince Williams and his production, the first six games versus the rest of the season. But if you look at Ben Roethlisberger's 2020. Okay, he was uh, 399 of 608 passes, which was a 65.6 completion percentage. This is regular season, by the way. He he had um, 3,800 yards. It was 30, 38 or three was his yardage. He had 33 touchdowns, 33, only one behind his career high and 10 interceptions, which was pretty good with his career as well. And we're going to talk about that in a second, because this was the number I thought was very interesting. Very simple. His touchdown to interception ratio was three point three, so for every interception he threw, he threw three point three touchdowns. We'll see how that looks comparatively. But but the, the other numbers, it's really important with Ben Roethlisberger, twelve and three. His regular season record was twelve and three. Okay, well, that's interesting. But when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger, and this happened last year, and I think it would happen this coming year. Um, if everything works out for him to stay with the Steelers. When it really comes down to is the fourth quarter. Now, I'm not talking about the fourth quarter of games, although that's very important. I'm talking about the fourth quarter of the season. It's not how you start your season, it's how you end your season. So I'm gonna so I looked at just the last four games he started, not the playoffs, the last four regular season games that he started. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger was 108 of 177, which was 61% completion. He had a thousand yards, which was a thousand (laughs) and three. Interesting enough. He had eight touchdowns, four interceptions. So he had his touchdown interception ratio was two, 2.0. And his record was one and three. All right. So Right now, I think, well, if, if you look at it, if you're looking at a quarter of the season, he had more yards in those last four games than he did in his previous, it's not 12, it's 11, because he, I obviously didn't count the Cleveland game. Um, games. So he was on pace. If, if you look at that, um, when it comes to the eight touchdowns, that was well with with the same pace that he was doing the whole season. I think it's the four interceptions that got him as much as anything. And, and that that touchdown interception ratio. Now his 3.3 touchdown interception ratio for the season was the third best of his career of that 3.3. The best of his career was 2014 when it was 3.56. And that's when he had, I think um, one more touchdown. I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to look back at exactly um, what, what he did there. But then also in 2010, um, <clears throat> 2010, I think we know what the Steelers did, um, came up just shy of at the end of that season. His touchdown to interception ratio was 3.4. So that was not off of that. But if you look at not the last four games, not the last four games. So in other words, if he had eight touchdowns and four interceptions in the last four games, well, what did he have in, in the first 11? Well, that was 25 touchdowns to six interceptions, which was over four for that touchdown to interception ratio. So he had a good ratio for the season, but the problem was it was so much better earlier on than it was at the end. Look, I mean, it was two, the last four games. So then I look at, let's look at just the playoffs, the, the single wild card game. He was 47 of 68. I still can't believe that they threw the ball that much. He was 69% completion. He was 501 yards. He was four touchdowns, but it was four interceptions and a 1.0 touchdown to interception ratio and was 0 and 1. So there's two things, in my opinion that it's going to come down with, with Ben Roethlisberger for fans that already want him gone before this season starts, that could make them come back to Ben Roethlisberger and want him even beyond 2021. Now I know this is, this is a stretch and there's even the people that want Ben back for 2021 don't aren't. I find very few people that are really on board to say, let's definitely go for 2022. Now it's going to depend a lot on 2021. Other than the record, which is obvious, it's those interceptions. It's that inter- it's touchdown to interception ratio, those right there. Because think about it. You take away half of those interceptions in that playoff game, even with a bad snap, chances are the Steelers win that game. And if the Steelers win a playoff game last year, chances are people don't have nearly the negative attitude they have about the Steelers going forward. So it it was that end-of-the-season collapse, and everyone's like, oh, every season's been an end-of-the-season collapse when they make the postseason. Well, that's just because you're looking at it from the – unless you win the Super Bowl, if you make the playoffs, you're losing your last game of the season. There were 14 teams that made the playoffs this past season. 13 of them lost their last game. I wouldn't say all 13 of them collapsed, you know, but even teams – even teams that were winning the whole way and then losing a playoff game, which is what well, they collapsed. No, that was just a playoff collapse, not a end of season collapse. You know, and guess what? When you play teams in the postseason, they're generally pretty good too. So you got to show up and and bring it. I think the biggest thing that Ben Rothelsberger can do to win over Steelers Nation and again is to continue not drop off in the yards. Hopefully, drop off with the completion, you know, with the attempts and the completions, because the best games of the season for the Steelers were the ones that Ben Roethlisberger threw the fewest passing yards because he didn't have to. All right. But you don't have to have a big drop off in yards. You don't have to have a, uh, you definitely don't want to drop off in completion percentage. But, and you don't want to drop off in touchdowns, but you need to drop off in interceptions. So I would say the number one stat. Would be that touchdown to interception ratio. If Ben Roethlisberger can get that up over three and a quarter, I mean even close to three and a half for the whole season, boom! I think you're 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 in business there. And not only that, it's also um, to do it at the end of the season over the last four games of the season to not drop off at the end. That's what I think it would take um, to, to, for Ben Roethlisberger to show that he's, he would be good to go beyond 2021. And we haven't seen that for a long time. So that's why you, you don't necessarily bank on it, but that's what he could do. I hope for that is answering the question. Now, of course we all know you could have a very great completion percentage. You could even throw some touchdowns, but there's still the eye test. It's got to, got to be passed, you know? And that's what was going on with the Steelers towards the end there. The eye test of a little dink and dunk, not always working, balls getting batted up in the air, things of that nature. Too easy to figure out what the Steelers are doing. That was the issue. So it's not just a stats game, but this is the stat geek. So we worked on the stat. That's the stat I would go with for Ben Roethlisberger. Touchdowns to interceptions ratio. All right, so with that, we're gonna call it uh we're gonna call it a show. We're gonna call it a stat geek. Um, thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure you're you're catching all of our podcasts, lots of good stuff out there. Um, also make sure you go on to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We are continuing to bring the content in the offseason. We're ready for free agency, we're ready for the draft, we're ready to move forward. We've got all the stuff that you need right there. But just wanna Remind you, send those questions, STLR superfan for Twitter at, at gmail dot com if you want to do it for email. Send me those questions so I have some great stuff to talk with you all about. And as always, thanks for geeking out.